What do we know about the way we learn? Are we in control of everything we know about the world? Or do we automatically absorb knowledge, having no control over what goes inside our minds? Well, with respect to learning, both aspects are true. A lot of what we learn at a tender age is from our curiosity by observing the world around us using all our senses. However, aspects that we do not understand at that age, we learn by asking our parents and people around us who we assume have all the answers. It can be a hundred and one things from why does the sun disappear when the moon comes up? Why did Sanju uncle start acting funny and out of control after drinking three glasses of cranberry juice mixed with a little water? Or even, Mama, how are babies made? Well, answering these questions isn't easy for a lot of parents. Topics like alcohol and sex can be difficult topics to discuss with a child. And we are often not given the whole truth or sometimes even lied to. So what impact do these lies and half-truths have over our lives? And are they just harmless statements that do not really affect us in any way? To know more, join Smriti Kurana and I, Dylan Mascarenas, from the Wellbeing team at Inventure Academy in this month's episode of Dear Teenager. As we dig deeper into this topic of read between the lines, we will talk about the statements our parents have told us and what effect it has on our thinking and why it is important to focus on the intent of these statements, not letting it have a lasting effect on us by reading between the lines. These statements may seem harmless to us. Unknown to our conscious self, they have a great impact on our thinking, ways of being and our perception of ourselves and others. Let me share an example with you. When I was younger, I was often told that I cried too much and that crying made me a weak person. My friends, my school friends used to call me a crybaby and I ended up questioning myself. I tried to bottle up my feelings and tried my best not to cry. At the same time, I heard my male peers say, boys don't cry. That is a negative stereotype about men. I'm sorry you had to go through that, Smithy. It must have been harsh to hear that, especially since everyone has a different way of expressing themselves during childhood and with varying levels. One of the things that comes to mind is actually the aspect of parents saying things like boys don't cry, which comes across as something of a lie. When I think about the words that we've heard, boys don't cry, I feel it's something that comes from a place of concern. The feeling of not wanting their little baby boy to shed a tear, so that they don't feel the pain that he expresses, which in turn causes them pain and the need to see a smile on that face instead. But those simple words that might come from a place of concern actually manifest into a stereotype that creates a mental block into our emotional expression. The genuine need to express our pain through tears is a healthy expression of emotion. Nevertheless, understanding pain causes our parents and wanting to attend to their need leads us to inhibit the very natural a very nature of emotional expression that is so natural to us. Smriti, would you like to shed some light on what a stereotype is and how this might develop? Sure, Darren. Well, what is a stereotype, you may ask? It is usually a widely held belief about a specific group. When these beliefs are formed, it makes us act on it without knowing and in some cases form a prejudice. 
with an unexpected intent to mistreat or oppress someone or some group also dialin that's a very interesting take on lies so what i hear is that parents tell us various things and many things they could simply be something that is harmless but sometimes we also hear them tell us statements that carry a lot of value for instance just like you mentioned boys do not cry is a big stereotype that can lead to a high impact on emotional expression for an individual but coming to a stereotype how is it learned a stereotype exists not just out of the blue more often than not it could be a learned behavior or response from our caretakers something that is handed down generations for instance an experience with a particular group of people can become a stereotype about the group within the family that is passed on to next generations kids listen to adults around them talking about the group and develop their own perceptions which may not be true a simple example i want to share is when my grandmother had a bad experience with a particular area in my hometown and concluded that people of that community have made that area unsafe this tainted my perception about the entire area and the community i very recently realized how this was an emotional response that formed a stereotype our learning of these stereotypes happens through a phenomenon called social learning which comes from a renowned psychologist albert bandura his experiment was extremely interesting he noted that we learn behaviors and form perceptions through our observations and model that observation in our lives for instance when parents and relatives tell us something about a group of people as children we internalize this information and depict it through our actions and attitudes non-verbal behavior such as keeping physical proximity displaying uneasiness or avoiding eye contact may be various cues we learn as kids from the adults around us and sometimes elders around us have conversations that are so subtle that we may not realize how it is a false belief or an overgeneralization a true recipe for stereotypes so stereotypes are actually very widely widely spread in cultures and traditions all around the world while researching about this what reassured me is knowing that gen z is breaking the loop of these stereotypes with gender norms breaking and standing up for themselves and their emotions i believe we adults have a lot to learn from them a term that instantly came to my mind was woke woke a loose woke is a loose term for being aware and in very crude words being awake the gen z are often associated with their wokeness i think their awareness truly helps them to advocate for themselves and against the stereotypes they are imposed on Gen Zs are slowly moving away from traditional norms of genders and roles. For instance, we are moving away from narratives that the boys have to be tough and the girls have characteristics of being more kind and caring. This has changed considerably over the years as these traits are no longer associated with a particular gender. Their ability to be more self-aware is greatly credited to their connection to the internet. With widespread availability of social media, the teenagers and young adults of today have much greater exposure to content from across the globe this helps to have greater access to the often stereotyped groups for example you are innately inclined to stereotype a particular caste now if you have access to correct information on the internet and access to the lived experience of these individuals it will truly help a person gain more awareness this is exactly how stereotypes are broken through more exposure knowledge and correct information that is such a brilliant insight smithy in fact since you brought up the internet 
and the exposure that it has brought to our fingertips and also reflecting on the correct information that helps us with breaking these stereotypes. It also reminds me of the harm of misinformation and what it can bring to us. What I also notice is that the Gen Z are also so in tune with the ability of the vast information and they have the ability to distinguish between which part of this information is true and what is false and what to ignore. Unlike the older generations that consider WhatsApp forwards as news. Can you believe it? I've noticed, you know, with the Gen Z, they have this innate curiosity to explore and learn more to see if this is actually true or false. By connecting with each other all over the globe, we are able to be more, what do you say, and uh, emphasize on this information with people beyond our society or culture. And more importantly, we use and realize and also have the attention to these nuances that we would otherwise be unaware of. I am sure it is also true that a whole lot of us are still subjected to the stereotypes and the misinformation. However, there is also a lot of us that we can learn from these genesis in terms of distinguish what, distinguishing what is appropriate content and what is not, and with respect to being more in tune with our feelings and breaking gender norms. They are truly doing a job of taking the path and paving a path that is less taken with the hope that we might see ourselves in a world that is more open-minded. What I've learned from the students I interact with and from my own experience as a counsellor is that all of us have our biases. Knowing this doesn't mean we have to shame ourselves or other people that have it. Rather, it can be about taking this as a chance to educate ourselves and others, to break stereotypes or biases. We can use our curiosity in researching about a particular topic, speaking to more people, or even simply pausing before you act on responding stereotypically before passing it on to someone else. I couldn't agree more, Smithy. I guess in the end, all of us are responsible for what we give back into the world. It is important that we think about what we say before we say it. And like you rightly said, we can simply pause before acting on a stereotype. 